0: All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Duckman TV and Weekend Warriors. So today I have a special guest on. Uh, haven't had any people on from the world of gridiron yet. So hit out Jesse Williams if you're listening. The offer's still there if you're keen. Darren White, the president of uh, Nepean Ducks, so is on with us today. Darren, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate making yourself available for a chat today.
1: No worries at all. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, so I've got a couple of questions to ask about the Ducks. How long have you been involved with the Ducks is the first question.
1: So I've been uh, been involved since twenty fourteen when they when they started. So I uh, came down as a as a player, wanted to get get into the sport. I played back in two thousand and nine with the Pirates and had a had a few years off. Um, and when the the Ducks formed, I I came down and joined in twenty fifteen took over the presidency and been been president ever since.
0: There you go. It's pretty yeah. pretty good. So I've had a I had quite a few friends that have played with Napan Ducks, uh, including people like Louis Foranat. uh, played rugby with Pembroff from that sort of stuff as well. Uh yeah, he was in our team. There's, yeah.
1: yeah
0: there's there's a fair few guys mm. that played on it and they're trying to get me to play I can tell you for temptation is there. I love <laughs> Uh, the competitive element of sports so it's something I would like to get involved in for sure. Um so Penrith for people who don't know if he, there was sides in Penrith once upon a time. So uh which was Penro City Chiefs back in the day when did they play at Cranbrook Park? Because I know that they haven't always played where you're based at now at um the reserve at Kingswood. So it hasn't always been there, has it?
1: Uh, that's actually where it started, funnily enough. So Doug Rennie is where um yep. the Chiefs first first played. So there's been a few homes for, for Penrith. Um, so the Chiefs was the the junior program. Um yep. and the the men's team that started in the in the sort of uh, mid to late nineties was was the, outlaw. the Outlaws. Um, and then uh, all that disbanded. So you had the the junior team, the Chiefs, the the men's team was the the outlaws um that all got disbanded in 20 oh the end of 2011 started 2012 i believe yep um and some people decided to revamp and come back as a brand new name brand new mascot brand new team as the pan Ducks. so yeah there's been a few a few places around um that, that they've played um Doug Rennie's one, they used to play at Jamison Oval. Um, the the field of Cranebrook was their um Training Ground. Training yep. ground, which is still our training ground, but it's just not not a facility that we can use to to play games. So um we've been working with the the Penrith Waratahs at Doug Rennie since uh since about twenty eighteen, I think, was yep. when we started with with them um uh, hosting games out there yeah uh, which has been really good so they just got a shed upgrade that got completed um just before our season started so um beautiful new big change rooms new toilets that's a huge facility um and you know Gridon on New South Wales likes likes the ground like and now that it's got the the new um facilities to match it's a um it's a reason why we got four home games this year um or four four rounds at our home ground this year um, because it, it puts on a good good day.
0: So that, that's what I was going to say. The facility upgrades will be magnificent now because they've been competitive with um, playing down at Rose Bay, who that is uh, a very, very good setup down there. But East Rugby Club and colleagues put quite a lot of money into that. So uh, it's good good AstroTurf facility. Doug Rennie, um, is it one of the only uh full grass pitches that you play on in the competition? Uh no it's actually the other way around. So East Rugby is the only
1: artificial turf that we, we play on. Um, yeah. So so we play out of um we have a, a round a few rounds up at Forestville. Um yep. the Rebels team. Um, UTS their their home ground is out at Reesby, which is the, the Rhino's home ground. Um uh, yep. Neptune Park. Uh there's a couple of rounds every now and again in uh Sydney uni, which is um they've got a grass field. Woolenbong has a grass field. Um, yeah, really the only the only field that's astro turf or, or artificial grass is the is the East one.
0: Ah uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, I knew that that was such a and they changed that because that was getting chopped up in the winter when it got very wet, had mm-hmm. not the best drainage and uh I think they've done a pretty good job with it these days to make what it is.
1: Yeah, it's a good facility, like on the on the field. The uh, the change rooms leave a lot to be desired, but you know <laughs> yeah. they got they got to spend the money where they can to start with, and then they'll uh, move on to the change rooms at a at a later date, probably.
0: Yeah. Now, Gridiron in New South Wales, unfortunately, it's contracted since COVID, so. I do not. I can't. I can't remember the side's names because I haven't played in the competition. There was a side at Graystanes they're, they're not around anymore, are they? And there was a side that was at Austral as well. And uh, I believe David Main said that they pulled out last year due to the coach having illness, and they haven't picked it back up again. But hopefully, we'll see that uh, the uptake there again in the next couple of years. So. How many sides were in it when it was in its in prime? Because a few years ago, it was uh, bubbling along pretty well for a lot of players and teams yeah. in the competition. Yeah,
1: so pre pre COVID, the probably the year before COVID, um, probably started declining. Um, so at its peak, there was probably twelve clubs, all the way from Newcastle down to Wollongong. Yeah, um, and over the over the course of you know a number of number of years for one reason or another there's there's sides that have sort of fallen by the wayside the first one was uh the Northwest Predators that was about 2016 2017. uh where were they based at they were based out at Pennant Hills oh yeah yeah so they were they were around for, for quite a while um you know mid-2000s till yeah about 2016 or so uh, yeah the Newcastle team was was next to sort of go central coast then then folded um you had Sutherland that had the the Colts team and the men's team they they folded their men's team uh um, yep. there was a team that's been and gone um in the last couple of years which was the Central West Giants uh they were mainly a, a Colts team they brought in a women's team and the Colts team folded and they had a women's yep. um the women's team merged with with the pirates uh, this year. Yeah, uh, but the the pirates here yeah, last year, their head coach uh, fell ill, so they weren't able to field a side. They tried again this year, and they got they got close, but they just didn't meet the league requirements of numbers. Yeah, uh, but it's hoped that they they get back in. So um, you'd be
0: thinking they're probably going to have a presence again next year. Pirates are the ones that are, are austral, aren't they?
1: That's correct. Yeah. So they, they moved from Austral because of all the development uh there at Liverpool now or Warwick Farm is their is their training and game facility. Uh, yeah. but they haven't they haven't got to play out there because they moved in they moved last year. So they haven't had any any games out there because they haven't had a had a team. They did have a a women's team this year. Uh is yep. the merge with uh with the Central West Giants. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully next year that they can get off the ground because they've been they've been around for over thirty years. So you don't want to see them them fail. Yes, yeah, um,
0: it's, right. Club club's been around for quite a long time. So even like the Pan Ducks now were Pamarif. So you want to see this is a great area. I would think there's like a lot of Polynesian players who play at NFL. So it's similar to like what you see in the NFL as well. Actually, um, surely it would be. a a big appeal to some of these guys to come and play.
1: You would you would think so, and that's what we you know we do have a, a few of them. Um, access to you know it's not the cheapest sport to get into. That's a that's a hurdle that, that we try and overcome. Um, access to gear is another, uh, and then a lot of in the men's team for for uh, the ducks we find a lot of people on night shifts. So you know getting numbers to training uh is a is a struggle when you know, half the team is on night shift so trying to get that gel and that bond um yeah makes it makes it difficult uh yep. but there is there is a lot of stuff that we're we're trying to work on in the in the background to come through with that that will hopefully make it easier to get into the sport
0: yeah now i believe you've got quite good corporate support too so you've got the uh, backing of um Clubs like Panthers, which is a massive, I don't know what they do for you financially or anything, but it's good to be able to have the support of the biggest club in the area, right? It's better to have them on your side than trying to nail against you because uh, here you're fighting an uphill battle. Um, is, Is it good to be like you're in a good area where there's not a lot of competition in the sport, in particular, to uh, take players away uh, in, in other directions. I suppose your biggest competition might be rugby union because you're probably getting like for like players. Although there's some of the guys I know that have played before. So Lewis has played rugby union. Dan Giblin just played NFL. Harry Purcell, who so all these guys played for the Ducks, he plays rugby union at Rouse Hill. And Ben Cottrell is a soccer player, strangely enough. So, um, I don't know how he's going. I he would. I imagine he'd be doing all right because he's a pretty fit guy and switched on.
1: Yeah, Ben Ben Cotrell actually he had to um, step away this uh, this year. He he came down to a couple of sessions, but just couldn't commit to the to the season. But yep. since he he stepped into the team, like he's he's been really good. He picked it up really quickly. We have uh, we have guys from all all different sports. You know, I was a I was a soccer player before. I was he was a gridiron player we've um, got other soccer players on the team. We've got league players, we've got union players, we've got guys that have never played sport before, that just like like the game. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's one of the, the sports that it's there's a spot for everyone. You know, all those yeah. big guys, we can get them on the offensive and defensive line. Uh, you know, there's athletes that you can have on our receivers or or corners or safeties. Um, you know. We don't have a lot of people coming down wanting to play quarterback, but, you know, um, because it is a hard position to learn, um, yep. people think they can throw a ball until you try and throw a scheme in front of them and say, you know, this is what this player is going to run and you've got to look for this. And they find it more difficult. It's a lot, lot more difficult than just throwing the ball real far.
0: Yeah. So I've just done a story for January on uh, Super 6 High Performance with Carl Jennings and Luke Lewis and uh the president of australian gridiron uh they're all tied in so what they're trying to do one of the events they're trying to do trying to find athlete of the year for blacktown city area but one of the things they're looking for uh quarterbacks so one of the events they want to have is like a flag football trying to find quarterbacks basically potentially for the australian team for the 2028 olympics for the men's and women's so uh is that something that interests you greatly? If you can find a couple of, uh, surely there's some diamonds in the rough out there. People that might not even know that they uh, have got the ability might be able to find a couple of players who would be good for bolstering the club moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, we've been talking with on New South Wales. You know, we see these things that are going on out west and um, at Blacktown, and we'd like to be involved in it. You know the The gridiron australia and and gridiron new south wales are are pushing the the flag uh the flag thing for for obvious reasons um but if it can help get people into the sport that are from the west and get them to a team um you know we want to be around so they can know that there's a team out here that they can go to yeah Um, so we're hoping that that something in in the new year they all this advertisement they do we can we can be involved in it
0: in some way or another yep now you struggle a bit with the men's side this year they last year i don't think they had any wins from what what i was tracking but uh Mm. the seasons before they've been quite successful and had some good years and good results uh but you've had a stronger focus on the colts and the women's, which are in their second year, is that right? The women's in the So The year women's
1: year? had a had a team in 2019, and then we haven't had a team until this year. So yep. uh we couldn't couldn't field one in 2020. 2021, there was no season, and and last year we couldn't field one, but but we were able to field one this year. This year was the plan was to develop the women's team and um <clears throat> not not actually field a team but have a have a core group of of women and, and teach them a game and um and have them learn and gel as a team and then enter in next year yeah. um but we got a we got a good influx of of players um and some players from other other teams that that live locally that wanted to come back that might have played for us before yeah um, and so they asked us can can we field the team we want to we want to try and push push a team in so um, we were able to feel that and um, it's been good to see them back on the field again.
0: Yep. Yeah. So what's the age demographic of your women's team this year? For people that might be thinking, oh, I could give that a go because there's quite a few women, I know, between probably the ages of 23 to 27, 28, they're probably keen to... Give some sort of contact sport a go. Uh, probably been out of sport a bit too long to maybe go back to rugby leagues. So that have probably given out a little bit of a wide berth, mm-hmm. just from that point of view. But it mm-hmm. might be something that would be of interest to them.
1: Yeah. So with the women's uh, team, anything from sixteen up to seventy, if you wanted to be. Um, yep. So yeah, you just have to be over the age of sixteen, and you can you can be part of the women's team. So we've got girls that are 18 years old and i think our oldest oldest girl is uh mid to late 30s um so they're they're all sort of that that mid to to late 20s age bracket um the the vast majority but there are some some younger ones in the you know 2021 uh and then we've got some in there early to mid 30s as well so it's it's
0: quite a wide wide range yeah That's really good because you've got the potential to be able to hang on to the players if they have a good experience. So in the semifinals this weekend, so that's a good experience. And build and develop a team over a few years could have like quite a strong team, which is uh, really beneficial for the area. And it'll attract more players and hopefully get a bit more local support as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. So the the goal every year with, with all of our teams is to develop a core and strengthen that core. So from one year to the next, you may have, you know, 10 core players that you know are, are all in. And then the next year, you might build that to 15. And then try the next year, you might build that to 20. So over time, over the course of a few years, the girls that first started are getting experience. But you always have people in our sport that come and go. So they're always, they want to try. Brilliant they they don't they don't like it so much but in the influx of new players if you can hold on to you know four or five of those new players and get them really invested in the sport then that grows year on year and that's where you get your depth that's where you get your knowledge that's where you get your skill and it's got to be a long term it's got to be a long term sort of uh picture you can't think we're going to win it all this year you got to yep. think we're starting now you know in in 4 years time we want to have a good nucleus of players, a lot of talent and, and be really looking at, at being dominant. So it just, it just takes that time and people need to be, need to be patient um with, with that. And, you know, the Colts have, have done that. They, yeah, 2019, they were in the championship game. Yeah. Um, The difference with, with Colts is that obviously kids age out um, and that, that makes it hard. So you get, you know these these kids that are 18 19 and they only get one or two years before they they age out um so there's a there's a smaller window uh but the the good thing about what's been happening is we had a young team last year um and we also had some kids that were sort of 17 18 so some of those are in their third year playing some are in yep. their second. um and then we've got some nice young fresh talent as well so um, new head coach in in Lockie as well, Lockie Bignall. Um yeah. So he was actually one of our first ever Colts, uh, our first Colts team. He was the the quarterback when he was fifteen years old. Oh, that's pretty uh, he, cool. Yeah, he went through the whole the whole Colts program um, all the way. He was one of the lucky ones that when he first started, the age was fifteen. Uh, since since beat up to sixteen, um, but yeah, he got um, he also got a COVID year, so he. He was able to be twenty when he finished Colts, so he got five full full years of of Colts football. That, um, that's very good from a development point of view. Yeah, so he's a he's a great great young talent. And he's a he's a good kid. So he's uh, he was defensive coordinator last last year, uh, and he's taken taken on the head coach role this year, and he's um, got him undefeated. Got him, you know. I was at, at training last night you know everyone knows what they're doing everyone's um on board with what they're doing and he seems to have the respect of all the, all the young guys so for a young kid himself it's it's good
0: to see is he still playing is he playing in seniors as well
1: Uh he didn't play seniors this year he did play last year uh for us um but this year he wanted to focus on on the coaching the coaching um yep. there is he still wants to wants to play uh you know we'll leave it up to him when he wants to to come back to the to the men's comp um yeah. you know his focus is is coaching we you know entirely fine for him um being the being the coach only um what we're trying to do is get those those kids that are 18 19 that are either aging out or close to aging out giving them a transition into into the men's team as something that we haven't we haven't really done over you know the time that we've had the Colts team, there hasn't been a lot of a lot of people come up. You know the amount of Colts that age out, and the amount that we've actually had come into the men's team, it's it's not been a uh, a huge number. So yeah. if we can build that and and get the culture right, where those kids that are aging out come in, yeah. they're they're the future, and they're the you know the next ten years of of men's football. You build you build around those guys because. There's a few a few old boys like myself that you know they're retiring um <laughs> and uh can't can't do it forever so yep. we need we need those new that new fresh blood taken taking the spots
0: 100 percent so um uh, I find it I find it interesting that the pathway like the pathways there like it's natural precision. uh normally see in other sports like in soccer because so I've played soccer and rugby union and, and rugby done done the whole game haven't played grid on but the players will drop off between the age of about 14 when the starting girls coming in and they're starting to work 14 to 17 18 hmm. um a lot of players will come back into their 20s after being working for a little bit and sorted themselves out and know what hmm. they want to do so to like rugby league and soccer um yeah was surprised that like the slightly older guys that are like 18, 19, 20, they're not really transitioning straight through to seniors. I would have thought that would be the natural pathway and that there, there would be more going through than more not.
1: Yeah, I think I mean it's a very physical sport. So that's that's one thing. Um, yeah, there is there is quite a jump from, you know, some some 19-year-olds are, you know, there's some 17-year-olds that are twice the size of me in, in the Colts team, but there's some some 19-year-olds that they aren't, you know, fully developed yet and they they see the size of the men's team and or you know <laughs> the men's competition and they're like, I'm not there yet. So they they don't uh they don't see themselves as confident enough to do it. And there is there is a yeah. step up in, in learning in terms of the the schemes that you run. Um the defensive or offensive playbook is is vastly different. Um there's a lot more open field in the um in the Colts. It's the same width field, but you've got two less players to worry about. So oh, yeah. there, is, there is a lot more open open field um that you don't have to contend with. Um, yep.
0: so if you had a new player that came in, so like let's say I've decided I want to have a crack at 46 because I'm I don't know, special kind of idiots, so I probably would do it. Um <laughs> and want to learn it, how long does it take a player to learn i watch I'll watch a fair bit, and if not as much as I could, but watch enough to have a basic understanding of the game. So for someone that's um coming in as an adult want to give it a crack and you reckon it'll take to pick it up or start to pick the game up so you could be moderately competitive and play and sort of do what you need to do.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say because every position's different and there's a lot yeah. of a lot of nuances. Like it it'll probably take you a month to pick up the basics. Yeah. Um and then it's about fine-tuning those things. the the thing with with our training, especially in the men's is uh, a lot of repetition. So yeah. we want to do the one percent things uh all the time so they become like muscle memory and, and second nature. So that when yeah. you're trying to teach the next stage of things in a in the progression that you're not worrying about how your feet work, um, because you should know how your feet are working it's just that next part of the the step so um it all all comes down to how much effort you put in as well uh yep. you know there's a playbook to learn um you know there's film you can watch there's uh, there's drills that we go through that, that, you, that you can do by yourself so the more that you put in the more you're going to get out of it
0: yeah which that goes for any sport there's no there's no shortcut to the top. There's no shortcut in learning skills or mm. enhancing skills, and in, in any sport you do, you got to put the time and effort in. So, fitness and conditioning. I imagine even for big guys, um, I could see what Colts would be a bit intimidated because uh, I'm six foot five and punching 150 uh, kilos. It's uh, a bit daunting when you're only 18, maybe five foot six, five foot seven, and yeah. 70 kilos, and someone twice your weight is going. to... Line up against you and wants to smash you. Up. So
1: yeah, one hundred percent. And the, and the thing with uh you know gridiron as a as a whole is that in all the sports that I've played, it's it's the ultimate team sport because every person has a job, right? Yeah. Every person on that field has a specific thing they need to do. And every person doesn't do what they're supposed to do, then the whole play doesn't work. Yeah. You know, so if if the linemen don't get the blocking assignment right then the quarterback's not going to have enough time to throw and that means that you know if the guy doesn't run his route right he's expecting a, a receiver to be in a particular position and then he looks yeah. like he's not where he's supposed to be so each person needs to do their job properly for every single play to work and yeah. that's the that's the draw for me for the sport is that it's the ultimate team
0: sport as far as as far as I'm concerned Oh, 100%. The squad NFL carry 52 players in a squad, is it 54? 50,
1: 53 is the number. And then you can have, I think, uh, eight
0: on your practice squad, eight or 11. Yeah. So, and you you regularly go through, if you're using your kickers in that squad, you'd normally use 40 odd guys in a game, right? 40 to 45. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much using everybody, aren't you?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You, I mean, if you're not if you're not part of the first team, you're a backup. But if you're a backup, you're usually on uh, on special teams. So you're either on uh, kickoff, kick return, punt return. You know any of those sort of things. You'll you'll get yourself on for.
0: Yeah, and that's a good way to develop your skills more too. So um, I'm trying to think for success of players like Jesse Williams that has uh, won a Super Bowl. For anyone that does know, with Seattle Seahawks back in 2013. He has come back over uh, tragic the way his career had to come to an end. He got testicular cancer and had mm. to have operation and retire on the back of that. It's like uh, just hard hard luck story for Jesse, but um, his success has led to where Jordan Mailata is now uh, six foot seven, so two two meters tall, one hundred sixty six kilos. So mm. he's about around about my weight. He's a big big guy playing for Philadelphia Eagles do you, yeah. do you think we're going to see more Australian players kick on and get to that level
1: i i think there's every opportunity for it what um what i'm seeing a lot more of uh is um a lot of college offers um so the the college path is where where a lot more kids are going so if you can get get into the sport at a younger age um you know that 16 17 mark play play through till you're 19 and get some good film there's there's every chance you're going to get a uh an offer to to some sort of college it may not be a d1 but just getting any sort of college offer whether it's d2 d3 or juco um you will improve your game tenfold and there's every opportunity that you can go over there you know there's a before before jesse williams there was a guy adam gots got over there um, we've obviously had a fair few punters um over there because the AFL kick is a uh, is a big thing but you know
0: yeah, again, Ben it's, Scott it's, and all these guys yeah. sorry Ben Graham was over there yeah. and Colin Scott and all these guys yeah.
1: Mm. It, it all comes back to the the effort you put in there's there's opportunities everywhere there's um some coaches here that that are linked to to colleges or you know know people over there that can help. So um you know, if you're interested in in going down that path um you know the the luck of someone like Jordan Mylata is a uh is a different different thing because he he'd never played a snap of football um They just saw someone who's six foot eight and running run through tackles like nobody's business um they decided to take a chance on him but he he had never never played Jesse Williams was a Believe he was from Queensland. I think he was part of the Queensland League. Uh, yeah,
0: played played for the Broncos in their in their junior system, and mm. then um, I don't know exactly how he got into the college system. So mm. he, I think he realised quickly he probably wasn't going to go much further in rugby league, and I don't think it was the same sort of thing as Jordan Mylata got invited to the combine, mm. and went and try, got invited or got suggested to go and do it, and it did it and carved it up so but that's not the norm is it
1: no that's definitely definitely not the norm and jesse williams went the more traditional route so he he was actually in a big school um as well um so he went to one of the big colleges and he he got drafted um so yeah that's that's the more natural path to go than than say what uh my did yeah. Uh, but it's it's really it's really tough to say because it's all about the effort that, that you put in. Um, you know, if it's something you really want to do, then there is definitely opportunity to get over there. There has yeah. been a number of players, whether they make it um any further, but there is a lot of people that are getting college offers, whether at JUCO or or Div3. One of our juniors just did a stint over in um uh, over in a JUCO college reese reese watkins um so yeah. he he did two years at a college in california yep yeah. uh he's he's coming back i believe early next year yeah um you know there's been some other other players that have just come back as well there's some guys going uh that that were part of the search that was that jesse williams was running yeah so there were some guys from the search that that got a couple of offers
0: yep yeah. So, what the colleges that are in the big the Big Ten? Because I know there's been a lot of uproar about that at the moment, with to do with TV rights and money going to their colleges. And college football in America spins me out that they get fifty thousand people at a game. Like that is seriously crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's like a religion over there. So I I don't know much about the TV rights, but yeah, college football is probably bigger than the NFL, to be honest. Um. Just in the way that the the amount of school yeah. and just the the diehard nature of all these people, like you got people that went to the to the college thirty years ago that are still diehard fanatics of of that particular college. Yeah, um, I know there's a lot of uproar in at the moment about the playoffs because uh, it's not a uh, it's not based on a record. It's based on what the college football Governing body decide so, and, and the league that they're playing came. isn't
0: it like the Ivy League, Big Ten, all this stuff. So different things have got different ratings, and mm. I heard something they said that one of the college sides that's going to probably miss out has probably got a better record than the divisional champions of one of the other conferences. But yeah, so
1: that's, you know, that's the that's rating of that yeah
0: conference will get them in.
1: Florida State went through undefeated, yeah, um, and two teams that were. Uh, had 12 and one record so they they lost one game two teams that that had worse records than Florida State didn't get in yeah so, there's a lot of uproar about that yeah that's that's crazy stuff. very fair but I don't I don't understand yeah I don't understand the reasoning for why
0: they did it yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. I've been trying to I've followed NFL pretty stringently these days, so really get into it. Once I remember as a kid, some 46, I used to follow San Francisco 49ers. It's easy to follow them, right? Because when the NFL was in Australia in the 90s and that stuff, Don Lane was hosting. It was on Channel 2. So you'd be seeing the 49ers quite often. You'd be seeing whoever, Miami, uh, all the time. You'd be seeing all these good sides, uh, plans seeing the Seahawks and time to time, whatever, the, the big sides would be getting TV coverage so I followed mm. Joe Montana Jerry Rice, Stevie Young, all this stuff and then I even followed them up when they lost the Super Bowl years ago and Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback and they had the blackout and I thought they are going to win, I followed them till then Jared Haynes signs for him. I ditched them, <laughs> I just <laughs> couldn't follow them anymore just looked like a bandwagoner all of a sudden yeah. so I started following Detroit Lions and uh they have been a bit of a punish until the last two years to follow.
1: So. Yeah. My, my team's the Eagles. So I, uh, I started uh, playing Madden back in, I think, 2005 or 2006 <laughs> and Donovan yeah. McNabb was, uh, was on the cover of, of that game. So I I picked the Eagles based on the guy that was on the
0: cover of the, the game. Yeah. That's a pre- pretty easy choice to make when you yeah. get these sorts of things. So, um, I'm glad I've started following. Jonathan Hapner actually said to me, Oh, if you're only kind of sort of following the 49ers and you're sort of following Detroit Lions, why don't you jump on board the Lions? Because they're pretty good side. They're struggling, but the 49, everyone follows the 49ers because it's easy to get media attention. It's like overseas, people follow rugby league from overseas. we we'll follow It's a lot of bandwagoners jumping on board the Panthers and melt the big, the big side. So mm-hmm. other sides don't get that much attention, but, um, impressed what the Lions have been doing this year uh in the NFL so far. So uh I think we're eight and three at the moment, which is pretty good. So last year I finished with nine and eight and missed the playoffs and well the Eagles went on and <laughs> made the made the uh Super Bowl. So did you think they were going to win it last year? I did, yeah. I did think they had had what it took to, to win it. Um, 38-35 loss pretty tough to take to go down by three
1: yeah yeah there was uh plenty of chances to win it though so you know you gotta you gotta take those chances when when you got them
0: yep now in regard to say like nfl sides carrying 53 and cut back to like 45 because they've got guys in the practice squads and stuff like that how many players are playing on a regular basis so like Got eleven players on the field in seniors. So Colts, if you said they has got two less on the field, does that mean they got nine? Yeah, they got nine on the field. So same with women. Women have nine as well. Okay. So how many players are you carrying in a team that's got like offensive squad, defensive squad? Would you have like 25 players or something like that? So it's obviously they don't mm-hmm. have 50, I wouldn't wouldn't imagine.
1: Uh so a couple of years ago we did. Um, and that was that was really good uh in the men's side. So we had Fifty five on our roster, um, yep. and that sort of thing was good because competition breeds competition. um yep. So this year, last year was our lowest numbers. We had twenty six, um, yep. which is which is too low. It's it's enough to satisfy what the league wants. It's just um not uh, bones. not enough for uh yeah to do a whole season. Um, yep. this year we had we had thirty three um the Colts had 31 and the women women had 21. Yep uh so the women women uh were low on numbers but all heart every every week they just put in to the to the maximum um men's team yeah we we actually suffered a lot of a lot of injuries we had um guys do a knee we had a guy um need some surgery on his thumb, another guy needed surgery on his hand, another guy needed surgery on his uh finger. So yeah, we've just had been decimated by injuries on the on the men's side. Um yeah. yeah, some of the games the most guys were playing both ways. Um but never quit. And that's one thing like on through all the teams, they there's just no quit. No one wants to um give up, which is great.
0: It, it, that would be a, be a big thing. So um, if you're a bit light on numbers, does that mean... So Sydney, Sydney Uni and Wollongong, imagine they've got pretty... And UTF's got pretty good numbers because they got the draw card of being able the pool players out of uni to come across and got an interest in the sport as well. They imagine they've got quite good numbers on a very regular basis.
1: Yeah, so the we definitely we definitely have the the lowest numbers. The Rebels were the next lowest, but yeah, the Mustangs, uh, had roughly fifty. Uh, UTS was somewhere in the forties. Sydney Uni was in the fifties somewhere, and and same with the Raiders. The Raiders were somewhere in the in the fifties. Um, yep. so yeah, all the other other teams had, uh,
0: high forties, early early sort of fifties numbers. Yep. Right. Now the finals are coming up this weekend. So it's the semi-finals or playoffs this weekend for the uh Women's and the Colts.
1: So we, it's called the playoffs, but really it's just top 4. So there's it's just semis. There's just whoever yep. loses is out, whoever wins is is
0: in the championship games. Yeah. Now they're playing at two different fields this weekend. I <laughs> believe the Colts are playing at uh Rose Bay, is that right? Yeah, they're playing at East Rugby. Yep. And uh, the women
1: are playing at uh, TG Milner, I think is the... Yeah, Eastwood's home ground in rugby. Yeah, so... So... Both at 10am, so they're both...
0: uh, (laughs) I saw saw that. I was going to try to get to one or both of the games. It's going to Mm. be very difficult. Um, Yeah, they are live streaming, though, so I haven't
1: seen the details of it, but it will be on the Gridiron New South Wales Facebook page. Um. I've been told that the semifinals and the grand final is is being live streamed.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had any commentators for your games? Because I'd actually commentate rugby. I've never commentated the NFL game, so it might be quite bad if I did it. But um I do know that uh trying to have a look which live stream sports group it is that taking it on. So they've just taken it over to a little while ago, trying to find it here. I did have the details, Double Take Sports is how you can see it. So I don't know how you get Double Take Sports. You'd have to get on the website for anyone that wants to watch those games, but it, it would be good. So live streaming, has that helped? Did they just start doing that this year or did they start doing it last year as well?
1: So the last few years, they they live stream the grand final day. Yeah. So that's, that's been the only live stream they do. Um, so this is the first year that they're live streaming finals and the championship. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> there, there was a plan to have one of the fields every week have a live stream set up but um yeah there's no there, that didn't get off the ground i don't know if and when it when it will that's um yeah something for
0: gnsw yeah so yeah definitely i've chatted david main about that might be mm-hmm. I know that I want to try to promote as much as I can. So I wouldn't be able to, I don't think I'll be able to live stream a radio show from the ground. It takes a, a lot of stuff to make that happen, but I yeah, definitely want to get some more media attention. So this is good positive media and guys, guys and girls will love it that they're now going to get some coverage and get live stream. So and TV play, which they might not get otherwise. So playing a sport that they love. Yeah, definitely. so, so you think the Colts have got a genuine chance? Who they got this weekend?
1: So they're playing the Gators. Uh, so they beat them um, both both outings this year. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think they're they're a real chance to to take it out. Yeah, um, confident they play they're going the, they, they to be able to play the football that they've they've been playing throughout the year. Yeah, they're the team to beat. Yep, and who've the women's side got? Women are playing the the rebels so the rebels were the the minor Premiers
0: yep
1: uh they have Just... won the last two two uh bowl games for the for the women's competition so they're they're going for the three peak this year
0: yep so they're going to be tough tough opposition on to Saturday tough,
1: tough opposition yeah so the the girls have done really well this year with their uh with getting the team together and, and getting good camar- camaraderie among the women. Um yep. they just need to build on that and uh and keep keep pushing.
0: Yep. Now, if there's anything that you'd like to get that could help out the club or if people wanted to get engaged, like because the when does the season run from about you start training in about May or June, isn't it? And the comp yeah, starts about so September
1: and runs till till now. June. And then yeah, it runs September till mid-December.
0: Yeah. Yep. And how how much does it cost people to get started? So you like obviously you've got to buy a helmet and shoulder pads and all that sort of stuff. So the initial startups about probably be fair to say it's about a thousand dollars in your first year, but some of the gear you're gonna have is gonna last for a few years.
1: Yeah, so that it's it's a bit of an outlay, but the there is um ways you can make it cheaper for yourself. Like you can look for second hand gear. Um we have the ability to spray the helmet, so you don't need to worry about helmet colour. Um, we can we can spray it Um, you know there's the shoulder pads you know are cheaper than a, than a helmet but I think that the helmet is more important so if you if you're looking to spend more money on one thing than the other I'd say spend more money on your on your helmet um, you know there's uh there's also the lower pads you need um, we provide jersey you know your red joke covers all your uh, your game fees, ref fees, uh, team registrations. So there's no there's no weekly cost once you pay your rego. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, it's it's expensive to get into to start, but then that gear doesn't just last a year. You know, you'll get you, you treat it right, you will get five years out of it.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So that that's a big appeal slot like buying cricket gear when you buy it. you don't have to buy a new bat, and new pads and gloves and that every single year you probably are going, bat might last you for 10 years if you look after it properly. Uh, and your pads and all that stuff could could easily do as long as you don't get really fat like I did and they don't fit properly anymore. Um, so we would be able to keep using that gear for a few more years. Uh, Darren, thanks very much for your time. So uh, if there's one thing you'd really like that you could get for uh, the Ducks next year, you're going to go around and be president again next year?
1: Uh, if people will have me, we'll, we'll have to see. If it comes down to, <laughs> to, a, to a vote. Yeah. Um, you know, if if someone else wants to step up and have a go, maybe maybe I've had uh, had my time. Yeah. Who who knows? But um, yeah, not not playing anymore. So um, yeah. keen to you know, I'm not going to just walk away from the from the club. Um, yeah. It'll be um, be good to see. There's a, we've got a lot of vision for the for the club. Um, what we just need really is, is just support. Um, you know, and, and if anyone's thinking of coming and trying it, just give it a go. Yeah, Cause the people that come down and give it a go are the, the ones that stay. Um, yeah. it can be daunting to go and try a new sport, but have that, that, uh, once you get that first one out of the way, coming back a second time is, is a hell of a lot easier.
0: That That's right. So it, it's like trying any any new thing. So it's always a little bit, people are a bit reserved and will stay back. And, and when you give it a go, you realise, oh, this is good. And we'll give it another go. So uh, one last thing just before I go. So I should have brought it up for the interview. So I believe your head coach of the men's side is involved in the Australian team. So an Australian system in coaching this year. Uh,
1: he, so he's been the, the New South Wales juniors head coach. Um, yeah. And he's also, yeah, he's been the uh one of the coaches, I believe he was offensive coordinator for the Australian Outback Junior team. Uh, yeah. so yeah, they uh he's got a wealth of knowledge about He's um yeah, very knowledgeable and um very
0: well liked around the entire entire league. Yeah, that's that's always good to have a good reputation, it'll help attract some more players, more attention that as well. Hopefully, uh, a bit of media attention will help as well, positive media attention, and get some more bums on seats, uh, sponsorship dollars, and people signing up to have a go. So thank you very much for your time. Anyone that's listening to this today, you're going to be able to see this. will go up as a podcast in the next week uh, on Duckman TV, on YouTube and Facebook. And this is also going to become an interview in, uh we'll go up on Pulse FM on Friday night on air. So I'll rerun it at seven o'clock. So after the sports show comes to conclusion, so I'll advertise that as well. Darren, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck this weekend. And I hope to catch up with you in the next week or so with some good news about winning the competitions. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. There you go. It's absolutely my pleasure. So yeah, keep on ducking, everyone. Have a fabulous week, and you'll catch this all very shortly on air.